You are listening to the Evolution Exchange podcast, a platform we've created to bring the Nordic tech community together. My name is Charlotte Roberts and I'm your host. Firstly, I just want to say a massive thank you for everybody who's joining me today. Um, And of course, we're going to be talking about how to manage a data team in a growing company. Um, So before we go ahead and get started with the questions, um, I'll run around and get everybody to introduce themselves. Um, So Marcel, if you'd like to introduce yourself, that'd be lovely. Uh, Absolutely, Uh, Charlotte, and uh, thank you uh, uh, also for uh, inviting me into uh, this very uh, lovely podcast with lovely people. Uh, My name is Marcial Gutierrez. Um, I am actually the data and analytics engineering lead within Mentimeter. Uh, I started in this position um, uh, three months ago, so still pretty new uh, in the company. And uh, um, I would say uh, working very very much into actually uh, growing uh, our data team as the company grows. So I think that very, very relevant things to, to talk about for sure today. In the in the podcast, and uh, yeah, my, in in a nutshell, what my team does is to um, develop and maintain a data ecosystem uh, that, of course, uh, ingests and serves all the data for all the different stakeholders and people in the organization who has data needs. So we maintain we we maintain all of the tech stack and and all of the engineering practices uh, across this data ecosystem. My team specifically. Um, as a passion from myself, um, I, I'm a person that loves, uh, believes a lot in the continuous learning philosophy, innovation. Uh, I love movies. Uh, I'm a CrossFitter, but at the same time, uh, given that, I, of course, CrossFit is very intense, I also like yoga to try to counteract the intensity in CrossFit. And nice. that's a bit about me. Mm-hmm. Oh, lovely. Thank you very much for that introduction. Um, Anusa, if you'd like to go next, that'd be great. Yes. Uh, firstly, I would like to thank you, Charlotte, for giving us this opportunity to be uh, there. And it's actually very lovely and privileged to meet all you guys. So, uh, as you'll know, I'm Anusha Lokum. Um, I'm working as a BI developer and a data analytics lead for global business at Telia Company. So, uh, it's almost pretty much the same stuff as uh, Marshall was um, explaining so what we do. And... Um, uh, I'm in this role since two years. Actually, it's going to be two years soon, within a month. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I've been working since five plus years almost on the same line. Um, so it's not, I mean, not many challenges I've been facing in the team, but it's actually quite good to uh, be there with uh, many roles and responsibilities, leading a whole uh, business team to be more precise. So uh, we actually maintain, it's, it's only uh, one woman show here. Uh, I'm the only one uh, who is uh, handling the complete analytics team. Um, we uh, give all the uh, analytic practices, uh, engineering solutions, and uh, all the data-driven um, practices are delivered by myself, which actually drives the business uh, in the global business team we call us uh, in Telia. So uh, coming to my passions um, professionally, or maybe when it comes to work side, um, I'm actually more passionate about um, being more knowledgeable, seek more knowledge, never stop, because there is not much uh, something or the other thing is actually left out, though you know many stuff. So, and um, I am actually very much interested in entrepreneurship, which I'm actually planning slowly. So 
in uh, uh, my personal life, I'm actually more passionate about dancing, music, sports, whatnot. I am <laughs> actually, into, I, I love to be an all-rounder, so um, it's many stuff. So we call like sports and whatnot, everything. You can ask, oh, yes, I know I'm interested, I could say. So <laughs> that's how it goes to be. I feel like I have to be active in everything. Nice. I love that. Lovely. Thank you very much for that introduction. And Richard, um, last but certainly not least, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Sure. Um, hello, everybody. Um, my name is Richard Cheng. Um, lovely to meet you, Marcial and Anusha. Uh, really glad to be here. Um, and uh, yeah, a little bit about myself. I am the manager for the data team here at Kivra. Um, I've been in the role for just over three years now. And uh, it's been actually a really, really fun journey. Um, uh, we uh, essentially, uh, over the last three and a half years, I would say, have uh, built up a lot of the BI and analytics capabilities um, in the organization. Um, we've done a full migration from sort of on-premise Hadoop to uh, cloud um, using uh, GCP at the moment, BigQuery. Um, and it's been a really interesting journey because uh, when I joined, uh, Kibra was about... 70 people and now we are closing in on 170 and so um and this will get to kind of what i want to discuss and really hear your points about is it's been really interesting to think about the changes not only in the organization and sort of what the organization wants and needs but also um how the team has really really changed and what we have been working on as a data team uh since when i joined versus now um myself uh, a little bit about myself what i really enjoy doing is really um, in my spare time, games of every sort you can think of, be it like computer. But like um, right now, um, I'm going through a phase of board gaming, um, really into Eclipse, uh, 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 Dawn of the Galaxy, second edition, and uh, Dune Imperium. So uh, yeah, that's which uh, I'm always looking for people to play. Um, and that's a little bit about me. Nice. Lovely. Thank you very much uh, for that introduction. Um, well, yeah, I suppose that leads nicely on to uh, the questions now then. Um, so, Richard, uh, we'll go with your question first. If you'd like to um, just give a bit of background behind your question and then um, we'll let everybody jump in. Yeah, sure. sure. And um, so my question relates to essentially how do you organize uh, your your teams? Um in, in, in an organization, especially as it grows and changes. And uh, that could mean a lot of things, but very specifically, I'm talking about how do you think about centralization versus embedding? And this has been a lot of discussion um, at Data in Hebra about um, where specifically um, data analytics should sit. Uh, so when I joined, we, we centralized everything. We had one team, we were a very small team, you know, we worked together and everything in the uh, in the organization um, we dealt with as one team. And that was really fun and really nice, but uh, one of the problems we started finding is as the organization grew, um, more and more we felt that uh, we were too distant from the actual problems and we couldn't really um, be as involved as we wanted to be. At, um, we were quite often coming in too late, we were quite often being very reactive and uh, not in the conversations uh, early enough so that we could really provide the insights that we were seeing and that we wanted to uh, help different teams with. And so we're actually moving much more towards less centralized and much more uh, hybrid, you could call it, with uh, really, I would say, data engineering, 
uh, much more centralized, but analytics much more embedded in the teams. And that obviously comes with its own host of problems because now we are dealing with like duplication of a lot of uh, logic in different places. We're dealing with uh, difficulties with kind of maintaining data consistency and quality and definitions and metrics and all these sort of things. But ultimately from, I think, a business impact point of view, I'm seeing very, very positive results. And so um, I'm really interested in the topic to see kind of like, where does this go from here? Does it, you know, eventually go back to a sort of like centralized uh, uh, situation when you get to the size of Telia, for example? Or, uh, you know, is it really depending case by case and kind of it's always some sort of mix and what your experiences have been around this? Perfect. Uh, I guess uh, I'm going to jump and, and start first because I think it will build perfectly into like the size of my company and then kind of going all the way into potentially the size of Telia. I think that that would be, that would make a lot of sense. Let, let's see how it goes. Um, yes. Um, well, in, in my, uh, just to give a bit of uh, background, uh, the Mentimeter, of course, that's been uh, experiencing uh, a very accelerated uh, bot controlled uh, growth. Uh, and um, the company has definitely transitioned more from being a startup into a scale up. Right. Uh, within this transition, I uh, definitely, um, I mean, as, as in many companies, of course, that then it comes also how you want to start tackling the data part, how do you want to structure the data part, what are specifically the data needs from the different parts of the organization, uh, and, and also take into consideration the, not, not only the size of the organization, but at the same time, how the organization is, is uh, pretty much being set, right? I mean, for instance, if what type of departments they have. Of course, this is a Mentimeter is a software uh, company. So of course there will be a, a, a part that will be very much focused into the product that we, we actually provide a software as a service. And then of course there will be, let's say like teams for sales, teams for marketing, potentially some support around the, um, um, the, the product in itself and, and so on. Um, uh, Mentimeter is actually coming from uh, embedding or having data embedded within product, right? As a startup, it actually made sense that everything was completely product focused. So everything was towards the product and for the product. Uh, and now, again, going into this scale up phase uh, where we now have a more structured like setup in the organization, then the data team has started to go a little bit more centralized, right? So it's a central function that uh, needs to cover at this point in time in our data, um, let's say maturity journey, it needs to cover all the needs in the organization. So uh, in a nutshell, that our how, how our centralized data team is formed, we have my team, which is, as, as mentioned, um, uh, is in charge of maintaining and evolving the, eco evolving the ecosystem that ingests the data and, and transforms the data and serves the data all together with all the tooling and everything to uh, to the different uh, um, um, stakeholders and uh, people that actually have data needs. Uh, there are other two teams that we work with that are more, uh, let's say they have data analysts and data scientists as the main roles. And they actually are specifically stakeholders with, from our uh, ecosystem that actually have data needs for like helping specifically uh, provide this type of data or analysis and assets uh, according to what their stakeholders are asking them to, uh, to provide, right? In this case, these two teams, one team is dedicated towards product and then another team is more dedicated towards sales and marketing. So all of us, we work together at this point 
to make sure that, okay, the data in my team is provided and transformed in a coherent manner so that the analysts and data scientists within these two other teams can actually take the data further and then start creating more like aggregations, insights, and potentially even dashboards so that, of course, the stakeholders can consume the data and can ultimately make the decisions accordingly. Um, so um, all in all, what comes afterwards? Um, we believe that um, from our data literacy and data maturity point of view, we, we definitely want to, or we have somehow the, the view of, in some cases and for some roles, start embedding uh, uh, data teams within the stakeholders. And that actually makes sense uh, to do to make sure that the, like it, it can scale properly. Uh, most likely our the, the, the part, my team, that maintains specifically this ecosystem and others, it will still remain centralized, but potentially depending on how the, the organization continues uh, evolving and growing, we could potentially think about also distributing some of the roles as well and capabilities within my team accordingly. But it's most likely the analysts uh, and data scientists who, who could be the, the, the ones to, to start distributing uh, a little bit more down the road in our data journey. So that would be my short, short answer, not short, but definitely my answer to that, um, to that question there. Um, that sounds uh, good. <laughs> and actually, uh, I mean, it's, it's the routine way of uh, working how the organizations take, usually take the data analytics team forward, which, um, uh, which actually helps the business units there out, uh, in their decision-making and whatsoever, which is actually required for the growth of the organization, as you were mentioning, Marshall. But uh, coming to our organization, as you were, um, as actually everyone is interested about, um, firstly, let us talk about the purpose of the data teams, which is actually to support the business units uh, for the use of data in their decision-making and ensuring analytics, which are uh, with the data platforms, for the if they are fitting for the purpose and scale to meet the business requirements. So which is actually a key factor um, we believe for the growth of the organization. And for this, as uh, usually all, every organization does, it's the same way that we maintain um, uh, data analytics team, which uh, which includes uh, the data analysts, where uh, they they come into the picture in the uh, at the last, where they just populate the data and they just come up with some different beautiful tools, which could be presented with the not um, uh, much. Uh, of data, which is actually presented in a neat and uh, precise way, which is actually easier to uh, for a user business user to understand. And at the same time, we have some uh, um, BI teams delivering analytics and uh, business intelligence products. Uh, we have uh, data engineering teams where they consist of a lot many data engineers, which work on uh, who actually work on the backend with all this pipelining and transformation stuff, uh, which is actually helpful for the data analyst later to, anal to analyze the data uh, um, for the business units there. So um, this is how we actually uh, uh, build the teams based on uh, the type of work they do. Uh, it's like the uh, uh, division of work, which actually, it's, which, which doesn't makes it come clumsier for all the teams or for a single team, which is, okay, we, we just hired the data analyst and we all, we, we put everything on the head of uh, data analyst, right? who is actually working for us, but it's not the way. So we just divide, divide the work 
into pieces and into uh, in a structurized and a hierarchical manner. And it goes to each of the teams, which takes up their own responsibilities and roles. And how answering to the other question that how this has been shifted um, with the growth of the organization, it is that um, if I don't know if you guys uh, ever heard of the structure that culture eats strategy for breakfast. So it's uh, I guess it's familiar for all of us. So uh, we actually uh, or maybe personally, I feel that this is not only uh, good for the work culture, but we um, we also think that this is this best fits for data data culture as well. Because, okay, we have the business users, we have everyone who is actually working with data analytics to just, to just come see the data they want to, and then they, they put some put it into graphs, which is actually useful for um, the, uh, the business deliveries, right? So, but uh, what I feel is the data-driven culture can be only fostered when any, uh, anyone and everyone is actually given access to the data in the organization. They desire uh, in a way that which is the data is intuitive for them and also hassle-free. So this is how we are actually doing right now, uh, which is uh, actually in practice um, that everybody is actually involved in uh, data analytics. And so, just to jump in here, that's a really interesting yeah. point because we hear about it so much, data democratization, everybody should have access to data. Um, mm. I'm really, really interested what you mean by everybody is, you know, involved in analytics because my experience is everybody says they're interested, but just don't have the time. And so in reality, it's not the case that everybody wants to, no matter how you present it to them, it's not the reality that pe people want to look at it. So I'm very curious yes. as well. Well, in that case, so I could say we are uh, super lucky that we, we got everyone who is actually interested into data. Um, so how we do is like, okay, we have some, uh, we have the analytics team completely different. So, okay. It's me who is actually drawing the analytics team. So everyone comes up, okay, Anusha, uh, we have, we have this requirement and we have, okay, something is not working, blah, blah, blah. So we have all this stuff, but, uh, it's not that everything should be in my bucket. So technically I can work with that, but, um, sitting at the business side, it's not that you just you just read the data. It's that you could also you have the opportunity to play with the data, right? So we have beautiful tools like ClickSense, Tableau, and everything, which which is actually user friendly and which allows you to play play with the tool around, right? So um, um, we actually build the visualization in such a way that it is actually user friendly. So the uh, and we suggest them. We, we actually provide um, tutorials or maybe uh, I, I personally take some uh, in-person meetings where I teach them, okay, this is how it goes. So this is all what you can do. It's not that you are dependent on analytics team. You could do it by yourself. So, and which is much easier for them to, so that they would, they, they are always interested in listening that, oh, it's, it's always good that we play with it around. And we give some uh, opportunities for them where they could, uh, they could play with some um, features in ClickSense, where which which is helpful for. Uh, I'm actually concentrating on ClickSense because Telia is actually opt to use ClickSense. So uh, uh, coming back to the discussion, so they are actually interested in playing with it around, where they have lot many features in ClickSense, which is quite much interesting for them, and which allows to put or invest their time and themselves into. Um, analytics. 
And I'm kind so, of curious here, Anusha, is, is, is a lot of this self-driven that people are interested and in? they see sort of like, uh, you know, these click sense dashboards and they're exploring, or is a lot of it also uh, because you are pushing it or somebody on your team that works with them is kind of helping them along. Hey, this is how you read this chart. This is where you can get this data. Um, yeah. Is it that you're actively pushing people towards these dashboards when you get kind of like ad hocs come in? Kind of. Yeah. I, could... I just haven't seen it being very natural and dynamic that it just happens. It's very often like, at yeah, exactly. It's very it's a push. Yeah, I I understand it. Okay, uh, it's it's both ways actually. I couldn't say that completely everyone is set driven or completely we 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 just push them. It, it's not a good either of the ways. So a few were actually interested and now, uh, I guess, were realized, but the others, we actually uh, try to, it's not like completely a uh, um, formal push up, but we just let them know that, oh, okay, there is also always, I, I would always help them. So I would help them and I, I always tell, add a note there that, okay, there is all, it's, it's, you have to know that there is always an opportunity for you to dig into it. So in a just polite manner, so they, which um, to actually grab their interest so yeah they would they would always be ready to get into it and we of course we would uh, actually help them because it's not that i just uh, we just tell them that oh okay you can do it by them yourself and they would just end up in okay what is this i don't I, i'm never into it so we we, we uh it's like uh it's some tactics like okay you uh you tell them something which is interesting for them and which keens their um, concentration and focus on it. And uh, that would really help them and also us. So that's how we actually do. Um, and of course, we didn't get any no or any uh, negative uh, responses from the others. They, everyone was super interested. And, and this uh, way of working actually has helped a lot uh, with their growth because of course uh everything is you know how technology is going for a way ahead right so uh um first thing is that the negative um point to be noticed here is that okay if it's completely relied on analytics team okay, if we have a, a bigger team then that's completely fine it works but uh, if I consider, uh, of course, in Delia, we have a uh, lot many teams, which is uh, which worked with cross countries. Well, there are teams which have um, a team size of around 20 or 30 with uh, only, uh, people leading analytics. But um, business teams, are the, uh, when I mentioned the business teams, it's the proper Telia uh, group business teams. So we, um, we don't have uh, that many resources. Just like I said, I'm the only one leading here. So uh, then we have to consider all the factors, right? So, okay, you have many, um, it's not that uh, you, you have the business requirements just as you have the resources. You might have one resource, but you have a lot many, you might have a lot many requirements, right? So uh, in that um, point of view, we have come up with this idea that, okay, why can't we involve uh, the business units into analytics? So that's how we, uh, we, we make the organization a completely data-driven organization, right? So uh, that's where we got this idea and we actually implemented it. Uh, I'm sorry if I took much time, but. <laughs> no, no, that's uh, that's excellent. I, ju I just wanted to very quickly jump in because I, I guess we might be moving to the next question very soon. Yeah. Um, Telia and, and Mentimeter, very different organizations. One organization having to go through a digital transformation journey, if not still uh, during that, doing that journey. And Mentimeter, of course, already born digital, right? Um, a, 
the way that we actually uh, convince, kind of like speaking a little bit about democratization, the way that we uh, try to uh, reduce a little bit the friction of like using our BI tooling in, in Mentimeter was to involve the stakeholders in the uh, process of deriving requirements of how they wanted their, their ideal uh, business intelligence tool to be. Right. So, what were their use usability patterns? What are the the things that they're looking towards having in this uh, kind of like experiencing when when getting a, a BI tool? We we recently actually uh, migrated to a, into a new BI tool, and we are in the process of uh, uh, implementing that one together with like proper access to to data, proper uh, rights. Uh, at the, at the same time, um, creating um, different assets to allow people to kind of like learn very quickly how to use the tool. But involving the stakeholders was absolutely great in terms of reducing that friction. They felt, uh, again, that they were considered and they that actually helps a lot on, on them kind of mm. being invested into the idea of, of using uh, the tool. Uh, and, and, and last but not least... Uh, um, I'm just curious, what that, tool did you guys decide to learn? Uh, we use Looker. We use okay. Looker. Yes. So the, the other thing as well is that... Um, it is important that uh, from a self-service uh, kind of realization, right? I mean, that 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 dream of self-service that every organization is definitely aiming towards, I think it, it has to go in phases. And the first phases, of course, is to make sure that you identify champions within the different departments that you are serving data towards. Uh, and they can become agents of change as well so that, so that not everything is just centralized in the data teams pushing towards the idea of self-service. And look, I mean, we have this cool BI tool where you can get the data. No, it's 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 all of us together into this and leveraging on champions that are closer to the departments that can even speak the language of the subject matter experts to make sure that adoption is really uh, successful. And, and last but not least, I just want to mention that all of these things are very simple, uh, at least to convince people actually to be invested into this because we are digital and we have also strategy that has data as a key enabler. Like it's 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 like building block of everything that we want to do at Mentimeter. So having all of these things are really the the best ingredients to to make sure any of these uh, kind of like strategy executions should just go very very quickly um, and and that is implemented very quickly in a sense. Nice, yeah, definitely. Well, I think uh, we'll move swiftly on to uh, the next question now. Then, um, so Marcel, if you'd like to introduce your question, and then I'll let everybody sort of jump in. Uh, absolutely. So uh, my question in the is in a growing data team, what type of ways of working would you put into practice? What would be the first set of things to define and implement to try to kind of like understand what are the first things that come to, to mind and how would it be scalable, right? Uh, I think that a growing organization also, I mean, we, we've talked about a little bit on like how it starts setting up everything and let's set the structures like moving away from a siloed type of work, again, very much related to the strategy that Mentimeter has had, like being a startup and moving more towards a being a scale-up with proper processes and others. Uh, so, so I was really curious um, what, what, what your thoughts were on, on this, right? Being in different companies from different realities, different sizes of companies as well. Uh, and yeah, the, the, the main reason is uh, in these three months I have been at Mentimeter, I have been very much invested in the idea of establishing proper ways of working for my team to work in a better way, to uh, to provide them um, a structure so that they feel that they will ha they have more focus and a clear idea of 
what needs to be done, what and, and what are the priorities, and also what is the business impact that the that their work is delivering towards the organization. So this is really what motivates uh, uh, the question, and of course, any insights. I think it's going to be super valuable to to sharing here. Yes, um, I guess I can step in here. So um, we are working for uh, a growing data team. We put in actually. Uh, well, I could start with saying that we um, in Atelia use Telia Wheel working, which we call as TWO. So, uh, which is actually considered to be a um, central and integral part uh, of transformation and a key factor in making our operations work um, end to end from countries or across the countries, um, ensuring organization is more than the sum of the parts, I could say. So, uh, you could end up in uh, having a question that, okay, what is the Telio way of working? So it, it, it of, of course, it considers of uh, many um, uh, factors, uh, as we see, strategy, common delivery uh, uh, model, which we call them as, and uh, uh, the rules and responsibilities. So lot many factors there. Uh, so considering the data team in particular, what I could say is, um, we at Elia, we have teams where which are actually often built by gathering SMEs where um, we have experts like engineers, business unit stakeholders, um, analysts, architects, everyone. So um, what we do here is that not everyone is bound with their own roles and responsibilities. Okay, you are a data analyst, so you should be and uh, pretend to be only a data analyst. That's not the way we actually uh, refer here. That's because as Marshall, you were uh, mentioning, okay, uh, it's actually always good for an analyst to know the business requirement and the business impact. That's how um, a proper um, business unit works to deliver the best. Because, um, okay, when they are only bounded with their own rules and responsibilities, okay, they just come up giving some um, uh, requirement to you and you just end up, okay, this is how, okay, this is as an analyst, okay, uh, I know this is what I could do and I would just tell you what, simply tell you what the same, right? But the business requirement or the business units could be expecting something else. So what we do is we synchronize all the roles or we, we, we combine the strength of different types of roles. This may be the stakeholders, the analytics, the engineers and everyone. So the analytics team is also allowed to attend the business meetings. They are allowed to know the business impacts and how it is actually going. Me as an analytics lead here in Telia, I am actually involved in every every meeting and every um, sort of aspect which is considered to be uh, with the business, which is actually on a high level also. So that actually makes uh, an um, a data analyst or a data engineer to actually have a clear idea of, okay, what I am working for, what is the purpose of um, my work here? So when you have that vision, when you have that vision that, okay, what are you working for and what must be delivered, then you, 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 you are actually, your work would be more accurate and more precise to what they are expecting. So, you, so you could deliver it more, uh, in a more perfect way, right? So this is how actually we uh, we use the strengths and we use we combine the strengths of every every role and responsibility in the in the teams 
and um, yeah, of course, many agile ways of working. Just like we actually, uh, we at Global Business Intelligence Company, we we um, uh, we work with the laser spray uh, uh, leadership actually. So which which says that nobody is uh, um, uh, at the top management should come and should uh, go on um, telling you, okay, this is your role, this is what you have to do, this is this is your work. So it's not that way. So everybody knows their roles and responsibilities and they have a good collaboration with everyone in the team. So you, you need something, you need some information, you, you are free to just go collaborate with the business user or maybe the stakeholder. So you, you are just free to know, you get the information whatsoever you, you want and nobody stops you from that. Which actually is very, personally what I feel is which which is very much helpful for you to um, just remove your boundaries and go and increase your knowledge and also which is helpful for uh, a better work of yours. So this is how, what I feel. Yeah. That is, sir, go very, ahead, Michelle. No, very quick question before you go, Richard. Do you guys have in Telia uh, many meetings? Do you need to align a lot? Do, do you really, or is, is there, do you have a way to avoid having too many meetings, like uh, kind of everybody being so understand, uh, like understanding of what they need to do that, I mean, meeting is just like maybe not even needed, or is there a way to actually uh, maybe not having to, go, to have meetings? Uh, not not really, of course, <laughs> everyone mm -hmm. has their own meetings, so, but, but it's not really that you have to step into each meeting or each call, it's, or meetings are only set up whenever it is required. We, uh, and it's actually uh, on the last uh, last in the list because the first way of collaborating is we use um, we always text or we always directly give a call based on okay uh, if at all we 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 don't receive any response or or maybe the time clashes then we go on setting setting up the meetings but of course we we have some some of the meetings uh, which are to be attended and of course you're always free to decline and uh, and get the information from them later on also so, but it's 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 just on a motto that everybody is aware of everything that's going in the organization and you know the purpose of your work that's actually so interesting anisha um and it's it's interesting because um uh what you're saying i think like resonates a lot with uh at least um what we've been trying to do here at kiva right um so I, I think one of the things that um, this this idea of hey you're not only an analyst in your role this is your lane stay in it right and I think that's a very important uh, mindset I think for anybody that works with data and um, uh, a lot of the I mean we talked earlier about embedded uh, uh, people embedded in teams and it's quite interesting because the way we've discussed it here is we said hey as um, the data analyst that's sitting in, and we have digital receipts, the sitting in the digital receipts team, right? Um, uh, what we've actually said is firstly that 80% of your time is is in the product team and 20% of the time. So every Tuesday, I grab the whole team together and we talk about data product domain stuff, right? But 80% of the time you're in the product teams and it's very, very explicit, right? That your responsibility and your mandate is to drive the data domain and data insights in that product team. Whatever that means, right? This means that like uh, you are part of their team, you are part of their standups, you're part of their retros, you're part of their planning. You should be able to see what is coming, what is important in that team from a business perspective, and be able to proactively decide, hey, you know what? 
there's this new feature coming. We probably want data to see what's happening there. Or, hey, we're going to develop this. I probably need to start uh, talking. Is it to a backend engineer? Is it to a data engineer? To, is it to a sort of like client app developer? Um, to kind of make sure the data that I need to be able to drive this process, to drive the A-B testing, to drive, I don't know, the communication, to drive the tracking, whatever, um, is in place. Um, and I think that is not only a much more fun way to work, I think um, it really empowers people to drive value. And I think that's something that uh, won't say we've gotten right, but um, that, that's the philosophy and the thinking about it. And it's really interesting that that's popping up kind of everywhere. Um, the meetings, I haven't figured out yet, to be honest myself. <laughs> uh, and I, I, tell you the, I can tell you the problem about it, right? Like data is one of these things I feel like um, the more you provide and the more you inspire people, hey, there's value here, um, the more people want, right? They're really hungry for it. Um, dangerously, the converse is true, right? If people want data and you never give it to them, they learn to make decisions without data, right? And so it's this really fine balance of kind of like, hey, like, you know, how much data to give to kind of like pushing back and sort of like uh, handling it. Um, and the meetings is kind of tough because... Um, I can give the example. There are more teams than analysts, right? And um, it's impossible for one person um, to focus on, uh, you know, even two or three, even two teams. So right now, that's just the reality. We don't have that many analysts. We've got lots of product teams. So like not every product team gets an analyst. Um, and so we've just had to say like, hey, this is what we're prioritizing now. And the other teams get it on a sort of ad hoc, um, you know, uh, reactive basis. Um, it's really sad. It doesn't feel good. Um, but I, I haven't quite figured out how to do that. Otherwise, you just end up with more meetings and not enough time to do any work. And that's no, super sad. Like, that's like, yeah, trying to make it clear that um, uh, we have this uh, way of prioritizing things. Uh, so, okay, if somebody, uh, I'm always free to decline meetings. You know, so uh, it, it, it's upon us. So we have the freedom of saying a no when it is not possible to do, well, considering the time constraints, considering the workload and everything. So the main motto of um, uh, Telia employees is to maintain um, a work-life balance. Mm -hmm. So when uh, we are not allowed to have much workload. So they make sure that we are having um, quite much balanceable load and uh, not, not ending up in not many meetings, of course, the point is valid that when you are in continuous meetings and we are in, involved in not many meetings, so when you, when you have time to work, right? So, and when you read, yeah. And um, uh, so it's like not every meeting you have to watch and it's just that, okay, which is relevant to you and which you are actually interested in too. But you and are I always welcome to um, know everything. So that's how it goes. And I think what you're getting to uh, is really around like, is this sustainable? Is the situation sustainable, right? Um, yeah, like if it was like this over a very, very long period of time, would 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 I be happy? And would this be a good working environment? Um, and um, I think there's that element of making sure that work is sustainable, right? And workload and sort of ways of working. But I think the, uh, you touched on another thing, uh, which I thought was quite interesting, which is, um, and I lost my point now. So never mind. <laughs> no. No, no worries. No worries, Richard. But, I, you know, I wanted to just like retake very quickly something funny that you said in here. The more data you provide, the more the more they want. Uh, we, we, we kind of had something like that with the VI tool that we chose. Like give them give them a dashboard. They will, uh, they will ask you maybe once. 
to give them a VI tool that will make questions for your entire life, kind of stuff, something <laughs> like that. Like it's really, it's really like that. Right? The more data they have, the the, the more uh, they will want, and the more questions they will definitely come up with. And uh, I thank you a lot as well for for your insights, so Richard. I think that they were uh, very interesting. I really take into consideration the aspect of the analysts and 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 this type of. Uh, analytics teams being very, very embedded into their stakeholders. So if we have a, one that is very much into sales, then definitely try to be embedded in there. Even when the, se- the, the data is a, a centralized function, I think that embedding uh, the teams were very, very more close, not embedding them, but being more close with the stakeholders, I think that that would definitely help a lot uh, understanding the, the, those needs. And then, of course, create a more like structured way of dealing with these requirements within the centralized data thing. But that's that's the take the takeaway that I that I get. And I don't know if I, you want to have anything else to say, Richard. Yeah, I mean, like I, I think it's uh it's uh it's the way I think all companies are moving. I mean, like it's it's kind of common in the discussion here that like data isn't really something that is separate. It's just uh, like you uh, there's no kind of like. Uh, it, it doesn't really make sense to almost separate it out, right? Like you can't make business decisions without data anymore, right? And yeah, so no matter what you do, it's just it's just part of doing business. And I think it's um, it would be like really weird if uh, data teams decided, oh, we're not going to be part of business because, uh, you know, we are the data side. I think like it's it's it doesn't work like that anymore, right? And um, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's what I'm hearing based on what you guys are sharing as well. Yeah, because uh, what I feel is what I uh, am actually hearing from some of the teams or some of um, uh, acquaintances I have is that, okay, you are working as an engineer or as a data analytic uh, analyst, so you are only bounded until your uh, work boundaries. So not allowed to know what's happening and what is the business impact or if you do when it's just the work you have to do so or you have to deliver. So that's the only, um, so, so, so what I, uh, I wanted to conclude is that there are still some organizations or some teams which, which are actually uh, ending up with the same old way of working of setting up the boundaries. So when we are actually, I guess we are, um, uh, much ahead in this point that we we are involved in knowing the business impacts, knowing the business requirements and what is the purpose mainly, which actually fits to the um, best growth of the organization. Nice. I definitely think that leads us nicely on to um, Anusha, your, your question. Um, so if you'd like to introduce that and I'd let everybody jump in. Yes, so uh, to mention my question, it's that uh, major aspects to be considered on how data analytics fits into overall organizational structure and growth. So um, I've ended up with this question because uh, as uh, a data analytics lead at uh, our company, I am actually interested to know um, what are the aspects which you, Richard and Marshall, you consider in your respective companies or on how the data analytics team is going to fit for the growth of organization because I am actually clear on how it goes with within our company and I want to know how it is actually. I'm, I'm actually interested and curious to know how it goes with your company and uh, uh, how uh, the reflections I could actually catch from you. Can you explain that a little bit more? I didn't quite understand what you mean by how data analytics fits into growth, as in... So, um, well, uh, it's like uh, when we are uh, actually to step into uh, the uh, discussion, previous discussion or previous question. So, um, 
okay, we have different analytics team. We have different techie teams we, who are actually working in their own uh, backgrounds or in their own bucket of lists. But the ultimate goal of an organization is completely different. So the way of working or, or the purpose of working uh, or maintaining all these data teams and all these uh, techie teams in an organization is completely different. The ultimate goal of an organization is different. So for the growth of organization, what aspects you would consider that the data analytics team would, should, should hold or should process of to fit into the growth or to, to strengthen your organizational growth? Uh, I can um, start very quickly here. Um, I think that I'll try to I'll try to mention some things that I have mentioned quickly before. Uh, in Mentimeter, we are a digital company. We were already born in the digital era, and we didn't have to go through a digital transformation journey, right? So that is uh, um, something that was pretty was maybe like an advantage for us to understand that data was crucial for uh, understanding how the growth strategy was going to be within uh, the company, right? So, so, and then so, so much that it has been reflected in the overarching, let's say strategy, big kind of like helicopter view strategy in the organization, right? So, so that says a lot, that says that we have a lot of buy-in from sea uh, level uh, uh, people in, 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 included in the company, right? Like on what we want to do. Um, with, with that being said, then uh, I think that there is a lot of trust from the leaders in terms of, okay, data is important. Data is important for our decisions, decisions in many aspects, including how we want to structure our organization, how we want to grow the organization, right? There's also a lot of trust into uh, creating a team of leaders that will take care of structuring the data team. And those leaders will also structure the data team. And it's pretty much those leaders that have actually created the structure where we are today, where I am part of today, right? Um, and there's also a um, good uh, kind of like collaboration culture where there's also a very good understanding on, okay, there are analytics teams that are pretty much the ones helping with creating the insights that will be actionable for the stakeholders. But at the same time, those insights are not just going to happen out of thin air. There has to be an ecosystem that ingests, processes, and serves that data. And there's also an understanding, being a software company and all, uh, that there has to be a team pretty much in charge of all of the engineering aspects around that data ecosystem to be able to power all of that part. So the data value chain altogether overall is very well understood, um, um, I would say, by the different leaders and stakeholders that I have in uh, and, and that we have in, in the company. I think that for your particular case, Intelia, uh, it, it has to do a lot, in my opinion, with you guys being in a, in a digital transformation journey. There has to be a lot of bottom-up, uh, uh, let's say, awareness um, type of um, um, campaigns so that uh, people, they understand that it's not just getting this insight and this type of maybe dashboard is just going to be powered magically. I mean, there has to be a certain structure. And then as long as they understand the data value chain, and what type of roles and what type of types of teams will definitely make sure it will create and realize and maintain that data value chain, then they will understand, okay, this is how we can get data. This is the value of data. And this, and, and this is actually the investment, the level of investment and the types of roles and ultimately the type of structure that I need to, to have in my company in order to, to get all of this and, and be able to, to be data-driven in that sense. I think it's a really interesting point because at some point, 
if you carry on that train of thought, you get to this discussion of uh, what is the the ROI <laughs> of my data team. And I think that's always a really, really difficult question. Um, but I, I thought what you mentioned was quite very interesting about um, leadership understanding um, what is possible and how to work with data. Um, and I think it makes a really, really big difference um, uh, because, uh, and, and it's tricky because um, part of that is really a conversation, I feel like, as well. Um, and so I think uh, part of our roles and sort of responsibilities is, is, is also to discuss, hey, here are some ideas, here are possibilities, here are some, vi this is the possibilities, here is a vision for what you can do with data, right? Um, and really push that as well and be in that room and have that conversation about um, you know where the company is going and where the company is growing, right? And to to give an example, at least how I've been thinking about this question is that um, uh, we at, we've just done our uh, uh, business planning for the year, right? Uh, Kiva is kind of divided into sort of like we plan for the year and we plan for a three four month periods, so three three tertials we call it, right? And so the first tertial was January to to April, and um, there's kind of goals for 2023 that we want to reach. And there's very clear growth targets, right? We want to grow, you know, revenues by so much. We want to grow this product area by X, that product area by Y, right? We've got sort of hard metrics that we want to chase. Um, and I think what's been very interesting is a discussion on how does data support, how does data fit into those objectives and help the organization in terms of what they want to achieve as a goal and as a priority this year. Um, and that's been quite interesting because I think um, the way at least uh, we've been approaching it in our team is really what do we prioritize? Um, and this means a few things, right? It means um, what teams do we prioritize for data um, and insights? If there's a lot of investment, hey, we really want to grow this product area, there will be analytics focus in that area, right? And that means we need to uh, pr deprioritize other areas. I mean, that's a conversation I have to have with my sort of like uh, CPO and discuss hey, and the, the product owners and say, hey, this is the this is the priority. This is what we're going to do. I think the second thing is um, uh, it's been quite interesting where uh, when there's sort of a push for a certain direction, a certain product, a certain feature, um, to start thinking with the team a little bit outside of the box. And I think this is a little a little, a little fun. What are the opportunities that we can chase here, right? And um, uh I'm a little cynical uh, about this. I'm <laughs> a side topic, but everybody that I meet, you know, in the data space is always like, "Oh, I love AI. I want to work with ML. You know, like data science." Um, unfortunately, like um, to find a real business case that has a proper ROI on that is really, really, really hard. Right. However, I still think there's a lot of value in sort of developing those skills and understanding what tooling is available out there. Right. Um, and building these sort of like projects in a small scale. And so um, I always really love looking at uh, small projects and opportunities where, hey, is there something here that we can experiment with and build and that can drive a little value that pushes us forward? Because those are the projects, if you can push it in kind of a small way and you can drive incremental value that you try to hit both, right? You get the interest on, hey, here's a small sign of, I don't know, prediction model, right? For something that you happen to care about a lot right now and we develop the skill sets and we see if we uh, can experiment to get something interesting out. And so at least that's how I've been thinking about kind of like this question of data and growth and kind of priorities of the organization. How do we fit in? How do we make sure we're aligned? And how do we make sure we get actually the support of the organization? Because once again, like data doesn't function on its own island. You do need like the product teams to be and the business owners to be like, hey, this is exciting. We want to do this because otherwise 
yeah, it's going to be a really difficult slog. Yeah, uh, quite interesting and quite good to know and super happy. <laughs> you could see it in my face that we are on the same line of thought process. And um, yeah, this is how it goes when it comes to um, when it comes to the thought of, okay, how the analytics fits into the organizational structure and growth. So, um, yeah, well, of course, um, I guess for uh, the organization to um, to be helpful for their own um, um, uh, for their own growth, if they are, uh, actually, I guess the data analytics team would play a major and important role, as we are talking about. So um, I completely agree uh, with both of your points that okay, uh, when I consider Marshall's point of uh, um, the leadership management team. To be aware of okay what's going on and how how uh, it actually fits into uh, the business requirements and making uh, the leadership team aware of uh, how and what it is actually um, and uh, an extra point uh, what I could mention is that um, we could actually always make or always think about becoming a truly uh, data-driven decision-making company and having agreed to provide um, well, I could say common analytic process within different teams within the company and services which are actually, which can be reused across the, all the business units. So we have just like um, uh, a huge company, uh, like if we consider Telia. So we have different business units and which consists of different, uh, the, of their own and different data analytics team or data engineering teams, right? And everybody might have their own different practices which they follow. Of course, they might use the same BI tools or they might use the same platforms, but you you, you never know uh, the mindset of uh, different analysts. So yeah. um, it's how actually we think that okay, if you if you maintain okay, I I I have a team which uses uh, the similar data maybe for uh, some other purpose, and have another team which which could use uh, the same data for different purpose. So ultimately the data is same, but we are using it for different purposes and we have two different teams working on the same, right? So um, how would it be if, if we can have a, a same process or a common process, at least for what is suitable for both the different purposes there? And uh, reusing this could be uh, um, time effective, cost effective, and of course we could consider many factors there, right? So, uh, and, and of course, when, when you are um, collaborating with different teams or different analysts or maybe different data engineers, you could get more ideas as you were talking about, Richard. So you could end up with different ideas and you could put up, okay, this is what we have in our mind and this is how it goes and this is how it could be done or improvised also. And then maybe, yeah, uh, you never know what seems to be interesting and how how um, successful it could be, right? Yeah. So, yeah, this is, uh, I think this is what I could reflect from my side. And, and yes, of course, I agree on both of your points. Thank you. I, I just wanted to very quickly mention, I completely agree with the, the Richard's comment on prioritization um, on the data needs as a way to, to try to... Um, kind of like uh, convey the message to your to your leaders potentially that the data analytics is important, right? And uh, you try to address low-hanging fruits and then maybe with your success stories, you'll continue convincing even more uh, uh, leaders and get more buy-in into implementing other more organization-wide type of uh, 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 initiatives. The most important thing is, of course, that they start understanding and you start delivering examples of how data can 
definitely contribute to a control and insights-based growth of the organization. So, so being mm-hmm. data-driven, that is what it is about. And, and, and Richard was totally right. Like, I like a lot, like, you know, dividing the things and then just seeing where you're get, you're, you're going to get more buy-in and, and just build success stories and, and lot of patience. And actually, thanks, Marshall, to take this point because I lost it. <laughs> so I had that in my mind to mention it, but I lost it, of course. Uh, it's a, uh, an important factor also to be considered that we as analytics know um, what to prioritize and how to prioritize. And that is to be taken with the higher level or higher teams, right? So you should have the freedom of, okay, letting them know how it goes and letting them know uh, what is the time span and what are your efforts and uh, what is to be prioritized? Okay, you have both uh, coming up at one time and you know, okay, this is this is to be prioritized now and not this one. Mm-hmm. And everybody should agree with that. And that's how it goes. So this is how you align on the same line without any clashes and and uh, yeah, to be. To be. And, and, and I really think it's about a partnership here and that's it's it, you, like data... The reality is data is a supporting function, right? But that doesn't mean that we just take whatever. I really feel like you're in the room. No one knows the data better than you do, right? Or we do, right? Like nobody is working with it as well as we do. And so we have a lot to contribute in those conversations when discussions and decisions are being made about, hey, what should we what should we do? Where is the value, right? And I, I, I think it's such a shame when people uh take this mindset of oh, okay this is the priority okay this is what we should do it really should be a this is what we agreed on this is what we discussed you know like hey the data shows this right um we're part of those discussions we're part of those teams we're part of the business and i think um once again it's just way more fun to be part of the driving rather than just taking it true nice well i am conscious of time now but i have got a quick question um with uh, when thinking about sort of growing companies and that sort of thing with regards to um recruitment what are the current challenges or what is your one biggest challenge for growth within either your team or your company very quickly uh from my side it was really uh, the the market uh, in stockholm for uh, data engineers and analytics engineers uh, yes. is extremely tough, and it's it's it to me uh, these type of roles have become unicorns in Stockholm. I'm not sure if maybe in other places in the world, but definitely the reality is in Stockholm is that this is this is the case. Um, that is very challenging. Like we I, I we, we went through uh, the process of uh, hiring um, two data engineers, and it was uh, was a bit uh, difficult and, and uh, to get the candidates and to get the uh, uh, people that were actually having the, the necessary level of uh, like the skill set and the craft uh, to, to the level that we wanted. Uh, so so that that is to me the the biggest uh, difficulty when growing a data team. Where of course in the value data chain, we are talking about a team that needs to maintain a, a, um, an ecosystem where data is ingested, transformed, and served. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, number one is these unicorns that are <laughs> data engineers. Cannot find them in Stockholm. Uh, uh, super, super tough. Um, and the second is, I think, like, my realization is um, the importance of being able to find analysts that can actually communicate and persuade and sort of tell a good story with their data. Um, 
because I, I think too many people are passive like, hey, I can do all the technical stuff. I don't need to worry about the communication. I feel like communication is at least 50% of the job as an analyst. Otherwise, your your insights are going nowhere. And I think that's yeah. my difficulty, right? Finding, as you described it, data engineers that are good at their craft in Stockholm, it's like very, the supply is just very, very low. And, um, and analysts that like are really good at storytelling and using the data and technical skills that they have to really drive change is also, I think, very, very tough. So skills, finding the right people. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with your points. So uh, finding an analyst with all the skills we need is actually a, a bit hard in the market right now. In the, at the same time, uh, communication, which is actually the key point in no matter whatsoever role you are actually into, um, communication is the key point right now. So, okay, and, and or these days it's, I agree completely with you, Richard, that also the techies need um, quite good communication skills where they need to collaborate, uh, of course, because it's not just that we we work and we just deliver uh, what we have, the technical stuff, but it's that you have to maintain that communication between uh, BUs maybe or, or whatever with the stakeholders, mm. which is actually uh, an important factor to uh, deliver the right things. Yeah. Mm. Um, and one more thing, what we are facing uh, today uh, at our organization is that um, uh, the usage in the BI education to uh, everyone and the data analytics talents internally. And uh, when, you know, of course, the same point as Marshall uh, was uh, mentioning that if we wanted to hire them externally, it's uh, it's more super costly actually <laughs> to see and and it's super hard to find and we actually find them. It's like super costly and also that we don't, we don't really get one with all the skills we need, right? So that's what we are actually, uh, actually facing within. And if we consider, or if we just keep the lights on, on this one, um, the data quality issues, um, if we, if we not just consider about the resources and if we consider about the, the data driven, uh, analytics part here. So it's not about only the manual errors. Of course, we have, we have got experts here in, in uh, maybe Europe <laughs> with the analytics guys. So, um, it's not the manual errors, but it's, it's maybe, um, it could include the glitches, some glitches in the data flows, or it could include, uh, some glitches with the, with the data, which we're getting from the countries. So with which, uh, where we have, okay, if it's something minute, we, we can, uh, we can just ignore, we could just mark that aside. But if it's something, um, something bigger and which has something, uh, some bigger impact on business, but which is, uh, insolvable actually, because, uh, maybe due to which it's not the manual letter, it's because of what we are receiving or, 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 uh, or maybe with the flow. And which couldn't be uh, solved for some reason, where we end up with some um, uh, showing up nothing, or maybe giving some. Of course, we can't we can't tell you where some false uh, fingers, right? It should be actually precise, more precise. Otherwise, we just deliver nothing. So that's what actually, uh, uh, which is um, at least uh, for what we are actually working with, we have this issue uh, as of today, which we are actually working on. <laughs> That's actually hard to solve because it includes a lot many teams. It's not just only you. Okay, if it's just bounded with analytics, okay, I could just resolve. The team could just solve it, but it's not that um, only one team which is actually depending. 
it's that okay you have lot lot many um, chains there for uh, receiving the ultimate data you need to present